Hello, welcome to the Space Arts Podcast. This is a series where we look under the piano lids, inside the exhibition halls and behind the stage doors of arts and cultural organisations making waves in the ever-expanding digital world. The Space, in case you don't know, is an agency which supports those working in the arts sector, and that's you included if you're interested. You can pop over to the website, The Space, .org to find out about our latest commissioning rounds and there's a ton of resources referenced throughout this podcast series. Today, commissioning is the topic on the tip of our tongues because you'll be pleased to know Creative Scotland is currently commissioning. Applications have just opened for a new round and we're recording this episode to help you throw your name into the hat. So hello, I'm Claire Freeman, a podcast coach and freelance associate working with The Space. To help us decode the rather detailed commissioning brief, we'll be joined by three wonderful humans also from The Space, Chief Chief Executive and Creative Director Fiona Morris, Head of Production Helen Jenks and Head of Programmes Rob Lindsay. And just before we get into this, the content that we are discussing on this episode is also available in written form. There's a document, it's called, it's quite catchy, so bear with me, Creative Scotland Digital R&D Commissions 2021 Guidance for Applicants. It's available on the website and anybody can download this. In it, it reaffirms all the things that we'll be covering today as well. A reminder of the website address is also in the episode description if you don't have a pen with you at the moment, but I'll say it one more time, thespace.org. So let me give you a flavour of what we'll be covering in this episode. First, we're going to recap what are we looking for. We'll also give you an insight into the amount of funding on offer and the type of support that our digital specialists can provide. And it's fair to say the digital landscape has changed a bit over the last couple of years, and so have the commissioning guidelines. So whether you're a previous applicant or you're a new friendly face, we're also going to give you an idea of what we're not looking for. And there's an idea of what the application process entails and a little bit of insight into what to expect after the deadline passes. So grab a cup of tea and your notepad and perhaps a biscuit if you're feeling a little bit wild. And let's see if we can wake up those brain cells, get your creative juices flowing over the next hour as we run through what exactly is up for grabs for your next digital project. Hello, Fiona, Rob, and Helen. Hello there. Hello. Well, hey, it's always great when people reply to you in the uh, online web. Look, this is great. We are here. We are back together on the Zoom land because that means that the doors are open for more opportunities for artists. And I think we all know between us how exciting this really is. We have watched before our eyes so many people transform and blossom and go on to do amazing things. Are you excited, Fiona? I can see you buzzing with anticipation. 
We're really excited. We're really excited to be running this commissioning round in partnership with Creative Scotland. We know there are lots of organisations and individual artists out there who really want to try and communicate with audiences, tell their stories in different ways and different formats. This is a strand that is there for them. We will support you. We will help you with the things that you're not sure about. What we want to see is great stories and really original and innovative approaches to audiences. And Helen, you are the person who is getting everybody organised. You've got the paperwork going, you've got the reports going, you've got the budgets mastered. Are you are you prepared and ready for the amazingness that is about to hit you? Oh, I am so excited. I can't wait to see all these new ideas come our way that we can help you bring to life and help you produce and gain those new audiences. And Rob, I kind of get quite jealous of your job, if I'm honest. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I hope you take that as a compliment, but you get to see a bit of everything that comes through the doors, whether it's greenlit, whether it's the ideas. Like, I mean, it must be a really exciting kind of like world and a job to kind of see what's happening out in the market, so to speak, at the moment. Yeah, it really is. You, you're absolutely spot on. It's such a unique opportunity to see what platforms are really capturing the consciousness of the creative communities. Oh, lots of alliteration there. It's really interesting to see, yeah, where is the 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 open water that people are seeing as a creative space to move into and do something that is innovative and creative and hopefully fun and hopefully a brilliant new way of reaching new audiences. So yeah, it, it's a wonderful position to be in and really, really exciting to be able to work with um, the organisations that get commissioned and taken forward. Brilliant. Well, Fiona, let's kind of start on picking this apart then. So I think, why don't we start kind of reflecting on the type of content that is being welcomed uh, during this commissioning round? I think we're welcoming any ideas that people have to explore what digital content making and distributing and publishing might mean for them. Um, they have to be projects that can be experienced, so they can't just be pure R&D. They have to be uh, able to be published to an audience. Uh, that can, however, be video, it could be audio, it could be immersive or interactive content. Um, and I think the really important thing that we want people to think about in applying is, you know, what they've learned during the last 20 months of the pandemic. We want, we want people to reflect on their experiences, but not to continue in that very reactive way of, of trying to suddenly be in touch with people who have been denied access to them, but to experiment with the things that feel you might want to continue to do that have those long-term benefits that digital can offer um, around sustainability and accessibility, as well as also allowing you to kind of diversify audience reach. Brilliant. We all recognise, you know, that the digital world has obviously changed a lot over the last couple of years. And I guess that also means that the commissioning requirements have had to adapt as well. You know, Rob, let me bring you here. Um, it, perhaps it's worth reflecting on some of the things that used to be funded, but aren't going to be. Perhaps some of the things that we're not looking for as part of this funding. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Claire. Um, we no longer fund uh, digital marketing projects or campaigns principally. Um, equally, we no longer 
fund the creation of digital installations that might need to be experienced in person. You know, we're really looking for things that can be experienced by the public. Um, the big thing to remember as well with all of these, that these are commissions, not grants. So we need a really clear output. And again, we're, we're unable to commission applicants who are then seeking to commission other people, other artists. You need to communicate to us a really clear proposed output. And Rob, I guess there are people who can't apply for this funding. There, you know, there are a list of people who may have connections to organisations. Are you able to kind of just outline those so at least people know? Of course, yeah. So um, those would be organisations based outside of Scotland, heritage organisations as well, as well as national collections, national performing companies. I know the Scottish Government website has a full list of those national organisations. Um, equally, educational institutions, unfortunately, this commission isn't for those, uh, or equally, organisations who whose core activities are not part of the arts or screen or creative industries as a whole. Uh, we also can't fund other public sector agencies or trusts or foundations. Again, uh, we need to commission an output from someone. Um, I would stress, though, that those types of organisations can be a partner in an application, um, especially if the partnership is going to really contribute to reaching audiences or building skills for the lead applicant. So they can be partners there. Okay, so then maybe we kind of get a bit more specific about the type of examples that we're really looking for. Fiona, let me just pick back to you. Just kind of go into a bit more detail about some of the things you were kind of mentioning before that, you know, you talked about video, audio. There are so many different types of digital content out there. Is there kind of a set thing that you're thinking of or how open are the doors here? Uh, the, the doors are very open. I think we, we've kind of set some criteria around uh, around how you're trying to reach audiences, around what you should have as part of your budget uh, in terms of kind of match funding. But in terms of what the project is, no, I think we're, we're open to, to lots of different ideas. But, but the sort of the normal um, projects that we tend to see are obviously uh, capturing existing work. So sort of building out and on from an existing piece of work. Um, filming or recording, something that can be performances, that can be exhibitions, that could be an archive-based piece. Um, so th those exist. Um, and what you're talking about doing is really extending reach to an audience in a different way. So looking at how and where you might want to take a recording of something that you have made as a live piece of work and then present it to audiences who are not able to see it live, but, but you are going to facilitate that experience of them seeing it perhaps in a group. Um, I think we often talk about the idea of kind of, you know, thinking about where you might take content into, into sort of captured communities like care homes or into interest groups like kind of book clubs or music societies, think, thinking about where and how you might want to reach audiences. Um, it can, of course, be digitally native. So a piece of content that exemplifies what you do as a creative organization or artist, but is digitally born and will only and ever exist in the online world. But again, we're going to be asking you to think about who's the audience and how you're going to reach them. Um, and then I guess the third type really is the idea of 
work, digital work that helps to contextualize and explain existing live work. Um, so that can be interviews with people who've made work, that can be providing history and context to, to the piece of work. So those are the three big um, headline formats. And I get, and as I've said before, that can be video, that can be audio, that can be interactive, that can be immersive. Um, but we're also really, really interested just to go back on that point. How are you reaching audiences? What audiences do you think are not currently looking at or visiting you in venue? And how might you use digital to reach those audiences? And we're very aware about also with this commissioning round in particular, looking at kind of speakers and users of Scotland's minority languages. But we're also really aware about the accessibility benefits. So again, any projects that feature BSL um, would be, we'd be really, really pleased to see them come in. Now, one of the really important factors here is, of course, the amount of funding that is being offered during this round. And, you know, we do need to kind of start to talk with you about how you might budget your project, what would be included, what wouldn't be included. And someone who's going to be key um, if you are successful in supporting that process is Helen, who's obviously with us today. Helen, do you want to kind of give people an indication about how it works with the type of things that this um, this funding would cover and um, and what they should perhaps think about when it comes to putting their budget forwards? Sure. Um, so the cost should actually be for the activities for producing and publishing the digital content and promoting it to audiences. So, for example, if your project is capturing or contextualising work, as Fiona's just mentioned, um, that's already available to audiences, we wouldn't expect to fund any part of that original production. So, um, you know, we can't fund the, any costs that are incurred prior to us deciding to fund your project. So not only in those kind of contextualising works, it would be any kind of development and research that you've done prior to applying for this fund we can't pay for kind of projects that are mainly about equipment purchase you've got to be producing something we also can't pay for staff salaries that could be something that can go towards your match funding requirements and any other overhead costs that are not directly related to your projects cannot go into these budgets either so what can the budget include helen so in the budget, you're going to have really key costs that are related directly to the project. So that would be any artists or producers or crew that you need, any kind of production fees and costs, project management costs that are purely related to this production, um, any insurance and legal costs. Again, these cannot be insurance is for your um, organisation as a whole. It's got to be related to this project. And you can put in some software and hardware um, that's hire or purchased. I'm sounding like I'm repeating myself, but it's got to be for this project. You can put in any rights clearance costs, marketing costs, access support costs. And uh, what the main thing that we do ask for is a contingency of up to 10% because you never know what could go wrong or that you haven't thought about when it comes to making the actual production. And this money wouldn't just come in one lump sum the moment that uh, they get the go ahead. 
no it won't we won't hand it all over straight away so you'll be paid via installments so when we contract you when you're successful and you've gone through the whole commissioning process we will agree payment installments with you that are linked to project deliverables generally we do three or four payment milestones depending on the project um, and the final payment will be linked to the delivery of all your final project reports to us. So there will be some paperwork at the end, even after you've delivered the project, that will be linked to a payment milestone. And that will include your audience data. Brilliant. Now, Rob, something that is up your sleeve is you have a team of magical people that help support you. Uh, and I guess something that people might not be aware of is that the f- space isn't a bank. Actually, there's this orchestra of digital specialists that, you know, applicants have access to. That's how we connected. I'm obviously a freelancer working with the space and come from a podcast point of view. But, you know, do you want to kind of like give people like just the insight of what this kind of opportunity opens in terms of learning, growth, mentoring, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're here to help with far more than than just the funding. Um, you may find that you have gaps in the skills that you need to deliver a project, or you may want advice on production processes or how to optimise your work for the online environment, how to build audiences for your content using social media and other channels, other methods of digital distribution. Um, You may have questions around digital accessibility. I know a lot of people have been talking to us about that. Equally, there may be access needs that you've got. We know that this is a low-cost R&D slate. It's here to help people take next steps in order to push their work forward as well. Um, So if if there are any gaps, that really shouldn't deter you from applying. If there are any additional needs around skills and, and knowledge, um the application form does explicitly ask you let us know where you feel you may need to support because yeah exactly as you say claire we are blessed with a rich roster of associates with all different backgrounds and skill sets and on these projects they are there to be deployed they are there to to help you out um our role is to increase your skills and capacity so that you can produce great digital projects and um, far beyond the life of this commission. We want you to deliver this commission and be left in a much stronger position. And part of that is that advice and that guidance from, from these associates that we've got on the roster. Um, the, the, what we're looking for ultimately is to identify projects that have compelling creative ideas and strong audience appeal. Um, and then we'll work with you in order to help you realise your project's full potential. Um, we will also, again, appoint an executive producer to all projects that are successfully commissioned. They will then be a supportive partner in the background of your project, ensuring that you have everything that you need to deliver it successfully. And again, uh, draw upon that roster, bring in additional expert advice from that team wherever it is, wherever it's useful to you. And I think that's really, really important because sometimes people don't always know the how. They might have an idea of the what, but they might need support in the how. And that's where this is different from just getting a lump sum money in your account. I mean, digital rights are obviously things that people need to think about but that's something also that the executive producer or the associates can support people on in this project too if they're successful 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We find this a lot with particularly if an organization or a team are trying to take digital first steps with some previously in-person activity, some some in real life activity. Um, you will need to clear any rights necessary to publish your content online um, in order to fulfill your distribution plans and your audience development plans. Um, and, uh, and crucially as well, you'll need to give us the, the power to support your piece as well, to promote your work and share case study insights and so on with the wider sector. We are aware that digital rights clearances is a fantastically complex subject. It's also equally a subject to that a traditional arts organisation might not have those skills within the organisation. So, yeah, as I say, that's a great example of if your project is commissioned, that's an area where we can provide advice to help you clear all those necessary rights. Um, so again, you know, you don't necessarily have to have everything in place, but we do want to know that you've considered the feasibility and the potential rights costs when you are planning and budgeting your fees. Now, in a moment, we'll give you a flavour of um, the type of work we've previously commissioned as part of these funding rounds. Um, And that includes a pop-up theatre show, how it transformed into an immersive video podcast and why a hidden hospital art exhibition became an online film series. Uh, Before that, we need to tell you what you need to do to get your name in the running in the first place. So Helen, there's an online application form. It's on the website. What will what else will people need to do to apply? So you need to apply using our online application form, which you can save and return to draft applications. It's also possible to complete it as a Microsoft Word document and email it to us at commissioning at the space.org. You'll need to send this Word document along with a copy of your budget. We will then transcribe your application into the online system for assessment. The most important thing to remember is that the deadline is on midday on Tuesday, the 18th of January 2022, which isn't that far away. Um, For those who need access support, then jot down this email address, commissioningatthespace.org or call this number 0121-663-1488 and leave us a message. These details are also on our episode description if you don't have a pen to hand right now. Applications are limited to one per organisation, so work up one big idea and take the time to make it really sparkle. Now, Fiona... It's the dreaded C word. I'm not talking Christmas. I'm talking criteria. There is always criteria in these things, the sexy part of the application that people need to get up to speed to. What are the criteria? Or what is the criteria? I'm never quite sure what my grammar is on that particular word. I'll hand over to you quickly. Uh, so I think criteria, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, it's going to be the, the quality and the creative ambition of the core idea. Um, so that, you know, that comes f- first and foremost in our minds when we're reading and assessing the, the, the applications. Um, I think we really want to see a clearly defined 
potential to reach and engage audiences where, as, as Robert said, we have a, a big group of associates working with us. So we're not expecting you to know exactly how to reach them, but, but to kind of be defining who they are, knowing who you want to talk to, what you want to say to them, um, and kind of why you think they're going to listen to you. Um, I think we do obviously look at your experience, so that's your previous experience in digital project making and the creative practitioners that you're suggesting collaborating with, your partners and your suppliers. But again, we have a lot of resource to come and support you. So if you don't have that, it is fine. You know, say that this, this is about a supportive process, but it's something that we will look at. Um, how feasible is your project, you know, in terms of the, the budget, the cost, the, the time scale in which it needs to be delivered? Um, this is about being pragmatic and practical where, you know, we know we're coming out of a pandemic, but we're not out of there yet. So consider really how feasible what you're proposing is to deliver to budget and time frame. Um, value for money, you know, we, you'll be submitting an application for a specific budget from us, but we want you to be thinking about how, if this was a huge success for you, how you might fund the next project and the next project from within your own production budgets. So really, really interrogating the value for budgets, the value of the value of funding and kind of where, where you're going to get match funding from. Uh, as Helen's mentioned, that could be in the form of uh, the fees and salaries and staff of your core team. That's fine. We don't mind them being, being added in as match funding there. Um, and then really to think, uh, we will think kind of about the broad um, application of your project as a case study for other organizations of a similar scale or an art form to you and how the kind of R&D benefits and findings and experiences that you have will be helpful to other organizations who perhaps haven't been successful in applying to us. And so once that deadline has passed, when will people hear whether they've been successful or not? So we will let you know if your application has been successful by the 11th of February uh, and your project needs to be something that can be published uh, online before the end of September 2022. So let's dream big for a moment and fast forward the clock you're busy writing your valentine's day card and ping you get mail from creative scotland saying woohoo congrats you've been successful just imagine that for a moment but whilst your project may be getting the go ahead that doesn't necessarily mean as we mentioned before you're getting the pounds straight into your bank account so what is this process that happens next and this is where we get into something called this green lighting process so Helen, just give us an idea of what do we mean when we say amberlit and greenlit? So um, prior to being greenlit, which is when you move into the contracting phase, each selected project will then go through an amberlite review process, which is kind of similar to due diligence. At this stage, the members of our team, which Rob's previously talked about, will work with you to consider how to mitigate any project risks, address any areas where you need additional support and ensure your project's key elements, particularly including audience development plans, are as strong as they can be. It's worth a note at this stage that we'll be talking with you about digital rights. So 
just think digital rights sometimes can be quite complex to clear. If your project's commissioned, we will provide advice to help you to clear all the necessary rights. We therefore don't expect you to have the rights clearances finalised when you apply. What we want to know is that you have considered the feasibility and potential rights costs when you were planning and budgeting your project. This review process is designed to be streamlined and supportive. Where particular help is needed, we might appoint a digital specialist to work with you to refine your plans, and we will cover their costs. Essentially, this is typically takes a few weeks. Once the amber light process is complete, projects are then greenlit for commissioning. In really exceptional circumstances, the amber light process can reveal issues which mean it is not feasible for us to fund a project. However, we will always try to work with successful applicants to evolve project plans so that they can be greenlit. Our overall aim is that by the end of September 2022, projects should be completed and published. Yeah, and I mean, it is we say this like it's quite a formal part of the process, but it's actually really exciting where people get matched up with mentors and the, these ideas start to come to reality. I mean, at this stage as well, this is where these potential payment dates and deliverables are going to be agreed to, Helen. That's right. So when you move into the greenlit stage, that is when we will contract you. And as part of the contracting process, we will agree payment instalments that are linked to deliverables for different stages of the project. As Rob mentioned before, this isn't a grant, so it has to have deliverables linked to your payments. And that last payment instalment will be linked to the delivery of your final project report to us, which again will include the audience data. So perhaps listening to this, your brain is whirring. You are looking over your wish lists with a new vigour and renewed energy. But do you still need a few examples just to kind of compare with and see if you're along the right lines? So let's um, team space here. Let's kind of share some of the projects that we've all kind of seen come to fruition and have kind of successfully, I suppose, graduated through the R&D commissioning process. Um, Fiona, I'm going to come to you. What, give us an inkling of a project that springs to your mind. Um, I was just thinking we've talked a lot about kind of audiences and, and what how digital allows you to perhaps have another set of tools in, uh, in, in your kind of toolbox that allows you to reach audiences you can't otherwise necessarily reach. So I was thinking about a project that we commissioned in Scotland some years ago um, called Rocket Post, and it was a, a, a short theatre piece for family audiences um, that was written and was written based on a story based in that kind of highland on the islands of Scotland and uh, the project was filmed in in the in the right setting but in just in a community hall um, but on the Isle of Mull and that project was then used as a digital touring opportunity so that uh, National Theatre Scotland who were the producers could then tour that digital version of it to much smaller kind of art centres and venues all around the Highlands and Islands where they wouldn't otherwise have been able to tour uh, at that piece of work. So thinking about how you can do what you do, but do it digitally in order to reach audiences who otherwise are not going to be able to engage with you or see the kind of live work that you're making. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. We want people more than just our mum to see what we do, don't we? We all want to reach more and more people. I mean, Rob, you get to kind of see a bit of everything behind the scenes of the space in all these different funding rounds. What kind of jumps to your mind? Um, I think one that's really nice, again, you know, we're talking about reaching audiences. um, And I think additionally, a kind of collaborative aspect, one that still springs to mind is Metro Boulot Dodo who did a work with um, Creative Commentary um, a couple of years ago. They did a project called Heritage Stories, which I really, really loved because it was a VR experience that was put into museums. It took the form of a lift. So with people wearing the headset, they had a, a lift and elevator in front of them and they could go in and depending on which floor they pressed the button for, they would step back out and experience something completely different. The thing that I really loved about that was it was scalable, it was portable, it was something where they could put it into multiple different locations. It also represented a really, really clear next step for everyone involved with it because, of course, by using that lift structure, you could very easily swap out, replace, or add to the materials that you then saw when you came out on each floor. I mean, they were completely self-contained, self-contextualized, VR experiences on each different floor. I think one of them, you were on the moon. One of them, you were in World War trenches. Um, one of them, you were in um, in the countryside, in fact. And you just had that ability to say, or, or you, you took part in the experience and immediately you could see how it could continue to develop. It could continue to evolve, how it could be used by other organizations, both collaboratively or individually. Um, you know, you knew that this was something that was that was going to represent a clear next step and also indicate what the steps afterwards would be. So, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And longevity, I think, is is a key part of the process for it really here. We're not necessarily just looking for kind of flash in the pan. We want things that are going to be a foundation for people to kind of build upon. I mean, um, Helen, I know a project that kind of springs to my mind was hospital rooms and where we kind of saw them go by kind of giving them funding and where they are now is just incredible. Do you want to kind of give an idea of like what that project is about? Sure. So for those of you that don't know, Hospital Rooms is an award-winning charity that commissions museum-quality artists to work in partnership with patients and staff to create artworks in locked and secure mental health units. So basically to allow the larger audiences to experience and engage with these artworks in a meaningful way, we supported Hospital Rooms to create a digital series of six short films which allowed viewers to explore these artworks via moving images and interviews with the artists. So a whole new audience was created who would never go into these secure mental health units and they got to see these beautiful pieces of art. Yeah, and um, if people aren't aware of that story, we've actually featured them as one of our case studies earlier on an earlier episode of this podcast series. It's well worth seeing where that film series took them later on for thinking about that longevity. I mean, one of the things um, I got to work on, you guys matched me as an associate, was um, supporting uh, a theatre company called Dante or Die. They're like a pop-up theatre company. And they had a production called 
record Use and Not Found, which they performed in cafes, uh, were due to go on a bigger tour. Of course, lockdown happened and they decided to transform that into an immersive video podcast. So we work with them to develop the audience, develop some partnerships. They got a partnership with The Guardian to help with distribution. Um, even some of the technical side, you know, how to work with a tech company, um, how to work with the platforms to find the right place to host this project. Um, it was incredible. I learned a lot as an associate too, um, and so did they. And I think that's the point in these digital projects. It's moving so fast that a lot of us are kind of learning and the things that we can offer you as expertise and examples and use these guys as case studies perhaps to connect you with is, well, you know, something that is priceless, really, no matter how much funding that you may be up for getting. Is there any other, um, like, projects that anybody wants to mention? I'll open the floor here to anybody. Yes. So another example of a recent piece of work was part of a commissioning strand that we um, ran with support from Creative Scotland and the BBC uh, under a kind of hand, uh, the, the banner heading of Culture in Quarantine. Um, and that was a piece with spoken word artist Ellen Renton, who worked on a piece called Isle, a really beautiful short animated film um, that kind of talked about uh, a a partially sighted or blind person's experience of being in a supermarket, which pre-pandemic was already a hazard-filled environment. And obviously during the pandemic became a deeply hostile environment that really uh, was kind of off limits for many disabled people for many different reasons, because of masks, because of the needing to queue up and wait, not getting too close to people. So it was really lovely, but it used animation as a way of, of kind of creating a three worlds the world before pandemic the world during pandemic and then a, and then a beautiful kind of idealized world after pandemic but it's a lovely short film and with a beautiful piece of spoken word poetry by Ellen to accompany it so um whatever reason take a look I've got one more that I'm just going to throw in it's it's been a few years since these guys have worked with the space as part of the low-cost R&D funding but the Empathy Museum a lot of people come to me and ask about podcasts and say oh should we be doing a podcast and I always come back to these guys because I think in a nutshell they really understood what is at the heart of what we're talking about here they didn't just make a podcast of nice things for nice people you know they went and they repurposed some recordings that they already had they turned it into a podcast series they thought about how often that was going to be published it was every week for a year so they built up a long sustainable audience and not only that but then they also had a physical aspect that went on tour this shoe box which was a shipping container where people could walk in say what size shoe they were and in exchange get someone else's shoes and a pair of headphones and an mp3 player with the story which the podcast was called A Mile in My Shoes of these collection of stories from refugees um, which they have brought to life and found a platform for. I know that in the last year, um, in response to the pandemic, they've gone on to continue that podcast series with another series highlighting NHS workers from where I'm standing. So it was really great for me to see how this wasn't just a podcast. They already had some of this content, what they did with that to bring it to a digital digital form and continue taking it on a physical tour as well as creating space in the digital world. Really, really impressive. 
Any any last kind of minute advice for people who are applying for this, you know, because sometimes people worry that they need to know everything, have all the I's dotted, T's crossed before they apply. And a big part of what we want to do by doing this podcast, I guess, is tell people, just get an application together. Let's see what we can help you with. Any advice? I think focus on a story that you want to tell. I think we just want to hear from people about great ideas, stories they're absolutely burning to tell. It doesn't have to be about fitting a commissioning criteria for the sake of fitting that triangle into that triangular shaped hole. This is about us supporting you to make stories. So, but have passion, have commitment for the story you want to tell. And Helen, how about you? Yeah, I would say just be creative and ambitious in those plans, but also do have a sense of realism. As a head of production, I'm usually the person who will come along and go, can this be done in this amount of time? Just think these need to be published by September 22. So they need to be realistic and that they can be produced in that time. And Rob... How about you? You've been there, seen it all, seen these post-it notes turn into films on big screens. What would you say? I think I would say be really, really clear about what your idea is. Um, You've got this opportunity to make something fantastic. Um, So really think about what that fantastic thing is that you can make. Um, One strong, compelling idea is, is often more is often stronger, is often more exciting than a kind of scattershot grab bag of, of little bits and pieces, you know. So really have a think about what's that that central idea that you're bringing to us. And at the same time, don't be afraid if there are gaps in your knowledge, in your skills, in your confidence as well. Um, all of the application forms do say, let us know how we can help. So do lean into us however we can. Well, fantastic. Thank you, Rob Lindsay, Helen Jenks and Fiona Morris, always for your wise words and your insight. And I'm sure, you know, the people who are successful will get to uh, have access to pick your brains, poke you, email you all kinds of times of day to engage. Thanks so much for your for your support, guys. Thank Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the Space Arts Podcast. If you've not already listened to our first series, then stop what you're doing. It is available. It is online. It is waiting for you to download and wrap your ears around. And there are plenty more brilliant case studies to hear in our back catalogue. Also, if you like to kind of get things in writing, then you can go on the website, thespace.org. You'll find uh, not only access to apply for this commissioning round online, but also just tons of awesome resource. Get a cup of tea. There's links to free training events. There's some of the fantastic toolkits, which can really supercharge your understanding of the worldwide digital web. Now have a great day. Whatever big ideas you're currently mustering up, thanks for listening and good luck.